Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I am Steve Sarley. My partner is Mr. Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you a conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, in particular St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered, Daiwa. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 everywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to download the free We Fish ASA app for iPhones and iDevices at the Play Store. Uh, our podcast is always available at our website, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is recorded at two studios in Chicago area of Northern Illinois. I'm at one, Dave Kranz is at the other. We send the audio down to Lando Lakes, Florida, to a little place called Berserk Productions, run by our executive producer and friend, Brad Nearman. Thanks, Brad, for everything. And everybody would like to congratulate Brad Nearman and his lovely wife, Olivia on their pregnancy. Yeah, Brad Nearman is bringing another uh, another Nearman into the world. We'll be uh, keeping you up to date on that. Brad and Olivia, congratulations. On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnston from St. Croix, going to talk about equipment maintenance. We're going to visit with uh, Mike McClelland, a, a storied bass angler, both uh, Bassmaster and Major League Fishing. This guy's won a lot of money in pro bass, and he's going to be talking to us about one of our sponsors, Big Bite Baits. Great plastics, making a lot of name for themselves in the pro bass fishing world. We're going to talk about Big Bite Baits with Mike McClellan, and I am excited. I get to visit with somebody I am proud to say is a friend. I really, really enjoy this guy. You all know him. Uh, I, I could talk all day with an intro, but I'll just leave it be with we're going to talk to the one and only Mr. Jimmy Houston. But first, let me turn this over to my partner, Dave Kranz, who's going to bring on Dan Johnston from St. Croix. David, take it away. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. They bring us weekly. Dan Johnston, how you doing, Dan? Doing great, Dave. Excellent. Uh, so, uh, many parts of the country, things get buttoned up. People put boats away. Down south, they don't do that. But I still think that uh, the boats and the equipment and everything that we use to go fishing needs to be maintained. And I think it's an important topic that we normally cover once a year about this time. And uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what we need to do to take care of our reels, our rods, uh, lures, hooks, all of that, because uh, it is important, isn't it? You know, it makes you start off better the, the coming year, no question. And I, and I would also say it kind of you to do things you normally wouldn't do. For example, if I strip all the mono off my reels in the late fall, like I do, I have to put line on in the spring. Now, I don't do that with braid, but I do it with mono. And oftentimes with floral, unless I've very little used it, you know. So yeah. that's, just, that's just one example. Uh, but yeah, it, it is, it is important to kind of go through a checklist. You know, I wish I would practice what I preach more. We can talk about this for 15 minutes here and I'll find myself a month and a half from now going, man, why didn't I do that? But I'm putting my boat away later and later every year. Cause I do a lot of winter 
crappie fishing in Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah. So really, my boat isn't winterized until January now, even though I live in Iowa. Yeah, and that and that's good. And you know, there's a there's a tip about when you're buying a used boat. Uh, people will ask me, you know. Uh, I'm looking for a new bass boat or I'm looking for a new fishing boat, Lund or whatever. And I always tell them, buy one from the northern states because we use them half the time that they do down south. And I think that's a good tip. It can be as long as you, whoever you're buying it from. When I when I use the word winterize, what does that mean? I know a lot of people know that, but there might be some listeners out there that don't. You know, we, we changed the lower unit oil on my uh, Yamaha 250 show, for example. I have what's called a, a fuel water separator that you have to replace, uh, you know, I'll do the engine oil, um, go through all the grease cirques and there's a little concoction that we'll put in there and run for a little bit. It's got, uh, fuel stabilizer in it from Yamaha and all these things that we do. And, and it's really, really, really important because the one downside to people that don't use a boat a lot is sometimes they think, well, you know what? I haven't used it that much. Therefore I don't have to go through the maintenance that most people do. Nothing further from the truth. And I think it's important to every year, especially the boat and trailer. Uh, I will do that without a doubt. I'm a lot better on that than I am my tackle. Yeah, and I do that with my boat, too, even after a, a tournament where I've been in some pretty heavy water. Uh, and even if not, but just running those boats and, and bouncing them around. And uh, I will take a, uh, most of it is a Phillips screwdriver, and I can go around the whole boat and tighten all the cleats and the trolling motor uh, uh, brackets and all that. You can go around your boat and do it in about 10 minutes and tighten every screw on there. Um, and it doesn't have to be much. Some of them, you know, you don't want to over tighten into fiberglass if it's a fiberglass boat or aluminum or dimple, you know, but I think it's good maintenance on, on the boat. But uh, uh, rods, reels that are even getting used down south, it, maybe the fall is kind of a time where you've finished the season and before the next spawn is coming, which maybe starts in December or January for some of these southern states, you go through those reels and you, you know, pull out all that grime that's in there and, you know, clean out the uh, level wines that uh, get get embedded with when you're fishing slop and mats and punching and things like that. And uh, do you, you say you're better on your boat, but do you have a routine for the reels or do you not do it till you kind of need it? No, I definitely do, Dave. And there's certain things I absolutely do. One of them is I back the drags off my reels 100%. Unfortunately, one time I, I was on camera and I forgot to retighten it, which was kind of funny. I almost backlashed the reel. It was so loose, but that that's kind of a comical point. To, the point I'm trying to make is back the drags off your reels, your bait casters, because a lot of times bait ca all my flipping and punching reels are maxed out. Yeah, um, I tighten them all the way. And that's not good on a reel to leave it like that full time. So at the end of the year, back that thing off. And again, I pull all the mono off my reels. That's intentional. It's right down to the backing. And I can, I know next year I have to top that off. I'll make sure I don't have any rods sitting with a slight bend in them for a long time. Not to say you can't do that, especially with carbon rods, and they won't come back, but I just do that. I keep all that straight. My tackle storage boxes, I make dang sure when I'm done fishing, they're all opened up so they all dry out completely. And I, sometimes, like in the wintertime, I'll bring one box at a time and take a pair of nail clippers and clip all the little tag ends of line off the eyes. I'll check the hooks, check the little skirts and trailers on, like, my pop bars and my spooks if i got to replace anything like that. And, you know, it's funny – Hooks are one thing that really get away from us, and there's no better time to check them in the winter because that is our only connection to the fish. And I'm adamant about taking that baby and scratching across my fingernail. If it's not right, I'll swap that hook out. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great idea. I, I uh, uh, normally pull everything out of my boat, and I do put my rods in rod stands uh, 
uh, downstairs in the basement in the house and I take all the tackle boxes out and like you said open them up and reorganize them because as you go through and whether it's guide trips or just fun fishing trips or tournaments you know things get messed up so you, you clean it all out and it's almost like pushing the reset button when you when you empty your boat at the end of the year and I have done that during the middle of the year if I'm going from a tournament that's like on a river system or gin clear water like going from Lake Champlain and then the next one's on a Potomac River I've reset the boat for that tournament or for that experience or trip now you know I, I don't know I think it's a good idea because then everything's put in the right spot in the right place and and that's something you can do whether you live in the north or south isn't it man you do that better than i do i i wish i could follow suit there i'd be a lot better off and i wouldn't be scrambling at the last minute i'm not that good at that level of it but i think that that's great advice for the listener i'm going to give some i'm going to give you guys a, a, a an amazing tip here and i know i said this on a podcast before and i've done this i've told people about this in seminars too there was a dealer i called on years ago for St. Croix, that every time I would go in her store, her bulk bins of plastic looked brand new. And I knew some of them worked. So I was buying a little four inch lizard and they were in that bin for three years. <laughs> and every time I'd go in there, they were new. And I asked her, how do you do it? This is what to do. And write this one down. This is, it's been game changing for me. Buy mineral oil at Walmart, okay? Mineral oil, dirt cheap, white bottle. Take a, go buy some, find some anise oil, smells like licorice, okay? Oil, not extract, the actual oil. And you take a, a little dropper, you drop three, four drops is all in that bottle of mineral oil. And what you do is you take, put your plastics in a, in a Ziploc bag, which a lot of us keep them that way. And all you do is put a few drops of that mineral oil in there and squish it together with your fingers. I'm telling you, you can take plastics that are five years old and they'll look better than new. They jump out of the bag. And people always comment on my pocket chunks because I have thousands of them. It's my go-to trailer. And they'll go, how do you keep these things so fresh? That's, that's what I do. I do it about twice a year. And it's huge. It's something I do in the spring, right before the fishing season on all my plastics. No, that's great advice. And you have done that. And probably on the, uh, we do this yearly maintenance equipment deal. And uh, you, I, I remember you giving that tip and it, it is a, a good one, no doubt. Uh, for those that are fishing uh, up north and your ice stuff, if you didn't put it away properly, you, you know, you, you're going to open it up now and, you know, maybe pull that tent out and see that uh, you had mice in that shed or up in that attic or something and they put a hole in there. That can be pretty easily fixed with some, uh, some duct tape or tape that's like duct tape that has fabric through it. Uh, it it'll work in a pinch rather than uh, trying to do anything else. But, uh, you know, the... Uh, the hooks, I think, is is probably one of the uh, the best. The other thing I would say is uh, check those split rings too. I'm sure you do that. Yeah, definitely check the split rings. And some split ring pliers are better than others. I know, Dave. I bought a little gold pair of pliers slash split ring pliers from you that work amazing. But you know that that kind of thing. And then also another great thing to do is, to your point, go through your tackle boxes, reorganize stuff, take a piece of paper jot down what you're short of. There's nothing worse than going somewhere in season and you're down to one of something that you need three of. And, you know, those, those are the kind of things I do definitely do, especially more and more because my, especially my competitive fishing anymore is so rare because of my time schedule that I don't want to be caught at the last second trying to get something that I can't get. So I, I do go through all that stuff in the winter. It's a great thing to do when I'm watching an Iowa basketball game. 
There you go. And, and uh, you know, when you do, if you do empty that boat or do empty those containers, it's a great time to clean them out and get any debris or anything out of those boxes uh, that, that you have. And, uh, yeah, there's just so many things. Uh, sometimes trailers, uh, if they have a lot of salt content in them and you got trailers on jigs or spinnerbaits, take those off because if you have any kind of moisture content, they can end up rusting those hooks over the winter. Have you experienced that? Well, yeah, but moisture is a kiss of death in anything. Rod lockers, chlorid, uh, clothing storage place. I mean, that's the number one thing is make sure everything dries out. I'm going to give you one more on the rod side. Uh, take a Q-tip every once in a while and push it in the rod tip and some of the guides down at the stripper guide. If it's if you see a little piece of that Q-tip cut off, you could have cut ceramic in there. and That'll cut your line big time, and you're better off. Sometimes you'll start to do it and realize the whole ceramic's out of it. So just check your guides when you put a rod away for the winter too. It takes about five seconds, and it can cause you from breaking off your first five pounder in the spring. Yeah, you hate to, hate to lose that one, and uh, but yeah, as you get through, I think sometimes the middle of the season is when our tackle is in the best condition because we're doing trip after trip. If it's a guide trip or if it's fun trip or you know family vacation, it it seems like that the. the the second, third, fourth day, you know where everything's at. You've got everything dialed in and, and everything's in, in good condition at that time. But, uh, you know, I, I'm glad we do this uh, once a year because it's it's a good idea to just remind people. And I'm, I know we didn't cover them all because we never have the time, but uh, uh, I'm sure about this time next year, we'll do it again and uh, look forward to talking to you next week, Dan. Dave, it's always my pleasure. Thanks so much. Excellent. That was Dan Johnston. He is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn-out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. And I always like to say every guest I've interviewed on this segment has a passion for the outdoors. And our next guest, Mike McClellan, certainly has a passion for the outdoors. Welcome to the program, Mike. Hey, Dave. It's great to be here, man. It's always a pleasure. Uh, awesome. Uh, so, uh, little background. How, how long have you been fishing tournaments? 
You know, Dave, I've actually been fishing tournaments since I was uh, 16 years old. Actually, even before then, probably, you know, 14 or 15. Uh, been doing it now full-time for about 22 years. Uh, next year will be my 23rd uh, year full-time. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those deals that when, when you talk about competition and and being competitive, you know, I played every sport there was to play, you know, growing up and and I just wasn't ever going to be big enough or maybe talented enough. I was good at everything I did, but when I figured out uh, fishing was a, a sport and something you could compete in, uh, it was what I just basically was was driven to do. Yeah, and these these younger anglers that have this uh, opportunity in high school and in college, I didn't fish my first tournament until I was 31 years old. So uh, I, I got into it late. I was in the industry working my tackle store and knew a lot of guys that did. And somebody said, hey, how come you don't do these? And, and I did start when I started late. But uh, uh, what an advantage these high school and college kids have, huh? It's pretty unbelievable when you look at the, the opportunities that they are given today. You know, actually, and I, I hate to even say this, but uh, when I was in school and, and actually talked you know, out loud in, in class and things about wanting to be a professional angler. I, I literally had teachers at that point in time tell me I needed to to uh, think more real. You know, they, they didn't even conceive the fact that, that professional angling was something you could do to make a living. No, so to no. see the schools embrace, you know, tournament fishing and, and the angler program, it's been really awesome to, to see that happen. It, it is. I, I recently saw a YouTube video that you did on fishing a plastic worm, and I believe it was a big bite plastic. And uh, how many guys are missing the uh, opportunity to catch some big bass? Because, you know, just throwing a, a good old worm isn't real popular anymore, is it? It, it really isn't. And it, it's funny you bring that up because uh, just the other day I took a gentleman fishing that's just new to the, the world of fishing. He had raced cars most of his uh, adult life and finally decided he was going to hang that up and start fishing. And and, uh, you know, I told him we went out and I'm, I'm like, you know, every now and then I just like to go fishing. I'm like, I want to fish down the bank. I don't want to, you know, look at my electronics. I want to find a rock, a log, a lay down, something that, that I can just throw, you know, a Texas rig big bait at and, and just fish. And it's really hard to believe that the age of technology has taken us where, where it has. I mean, a lot of guys don't even make a throw until they actually see a fish on their electronics to throw to, you know, and, and that's just not the way we did it. I can remember growing up as a teen, you know, on Table Rock, uh, that's all we did. We picked up a Texas rig plastic worm and we fished down the bank and, and we caught fish till we were just absolutely tired of catching them. I think that's changed a little just because of pressure and the lack of cover and, and things that our lakes don't have now, but uh, it's incredible being able to just pick a Texas rig plastic warm up and go down the back and catch them. Yeah, and it and it still works great. And there's there's a lot of techniques uh, that do, and everybody wants to do the newest, latest, greatest, whether it's Tokyo rig or drop shot or anything else that comes up or any variants of all of these things. Um, but the, uh, the we talked about the the kids having an opportunity. They can they can watch a YouTube video on any technique they want to learn, and they're pretty darn good at it. Just after watching a ten minute video. <laughs> that's definitely the truth and that's one of the biggest things i think that you know the younger or the older generation you know my my age group of anglers we we didn't have that era of electronics i mean you know if if you wanted to learn fishing you had to pick up a magazine and, and read about it and then when you talk to people in the early days about fishing so many of them weren't truthful i mean everybody was trying to protect their secrets and uh, you know i still look back at uh, you know how 
I developed my career as, as time went on, you know, traveling with Jeff Creed and, and numerous other people that I've had the opportunity to travel with and learn from. But uh, that's kind of how we had to do it back then. But now, like you said, I mean, you know, podcasts and, and YouTube videos and, you know, technique videos, everybody has, you know, anything they want to learn right there on their mobile device or computer or whatever it might be. Yeah, And even, even worse about... <laughs> for the anglers is on the pro circuit that you do in the uh, Bass Pro Tour, uh, you got a camera on you a lot of times, or, or 10 of the guys do, and, and they see exactly what you're doing, exactly how you're casting. Uh, how Did that affect you a little bit at first when that started happening? You know, it definitely did. There just aren't any secrets anymore, like you said. And, you know, going back to uh, some of the, the wins that I had early in my career, you know, Grand Lake and... Uh, you know, Table Rock, I mean, all of the secrets were exposed. I mean, you couldn't hide where you were catching them or how you were catching them, you know. And uh, you, you mentioned the pro circuit this year. Uh, you know, the the coverage that these events get now, if you're catching them and you're in the top, you know, 10, 12 of, of any tournament event, uh, your secrets are going to be given away. I mean, I really am seeing guys actually, I think, lay up a little bit from time to time not wanting to give too much up too early in an event. And it's it's pretty crazy that, you know, people can actually do that. But it's, it's beginning to happen a little bit. Yeah, uh, it, it certainly it can. Now, this schedule, uh, the, I, I don't know if I have them both there. i got the Bass Pro Tour, uh, Canny Creek, Smith Lake, Grand Lake of the Cherokees, Palestine, Lake of the Ozarks, Watts Bar, Cayuga, and Mille Lacs. Uh, what does that uh, schedule uh, do for you, Mike? Is that is that a pretty good lineup? You know, it definitely is. I mean, the biggest thing that I'm excited about, I believe, this next year is just the fact that we're going to some lakes that are kind of non-traditional lakes and, and lakes that we haven't at least been to recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, the time of year is a little bit different. You know, Lake of the Ozarks is probably the only lake that I have much experience on. And, and even there, my, my experience is somewhat limited. I mean, even living here in the Ozarks, I've fished tournaments at Lake of the Ozarks, but it's not one of those lakes that I've spent a lot of time on. But uh the opportunity to go to Louisiana to uh, those lakes there, I think that's going to be cool. I don't think there's going to be very many of the Bass Pro Tour anglers that have much history. And that's, to me, what makes this uh, whole format work is, you know, when you go to places like that where guys don't have a lot of past history, especially with the, the fact that every bass counts, you really don't want, know what the lake's got the opportunity to give up. So uh, I'm looking forward to the schedule and, and as well the the uh, pro circuit schedule. I'm also going to do the pro circuit again next year. It's a it's a pretty grueling schedule. I mean, it kept us on the road a, a bunch this year, but I, I definitely enjoy doing it. Yeah, and uh, it's it's fun uh, following you guys as you go through and and you do this. And uh, what about those northern lakes? Do you like coming up and fishing for the smallies? Although there's some southern lakes that have good smallmouth too. <laughs> You know, yeah, I definitely love to come up and fish for the smallmouth on the northern lakes. Uh, the the thing that's cool about Malax to me is it's a it's a little different than uh, you know the traditional uh, Champlain or uh, Saint Lawrence River. You know, some of those smallmouth lakes, uh, the Great Lakes. You know, to me, Malax fish is a little bit different than those lakes. Uh, typically, the the times I've been there anyway, it seems like you can catch you know a lot of smallmouth uh, shallower. Uh, catch them on, you know, crankbaits and, and, you know, things like spro rock crawler. In fact, the last time we were there, I caught a bunch of fish on a spro rock crawler. And, uh, you know, you're always going to have the opportunity to mix some big bite plastics into the game. And uh, next year, I'm super excited. Big bite has got some new uh, 
scented baits that we're working on. We got to test them this uh, fall and and uh, last summer uh, up north, and next year we're going to have, I hope, a full lineup of these uh, baits to uh, take up there and put the herd on those smallmouth. Yeah, they, uh, Big Bite continues to have uh, be pretty innovative on the baits that they come out with and um, come out with some, some pretty neat-looking stuff, whether you're, uh, you're trying to punch something or whether you're trying to uh, finesse something with a drop shot. They've, they've got the uh, – or, or worm, like you, we talked about earlier. They've got the, uh, the whole gamut there that you can, you can use. Uh, what about your other sponsors? Let's make sure we get them in there. Who keeps you on the road? You know, the the whole thing about it, I mean, I've been with, uh, you know, White River Marine or Ranger Boats for a lot of years. Mercury has been uh, tremendous. Uh, I've had a, a Mercury outboard on my, my boat since I started competitive bass fishing. So, you know, they uh, just incredible where the four-stroke technology has taken us. But, you know, probably the biggest thing that has really changed in the recent years uh, when you look at uh, just innovation is uh, trolling motors and electronics. I mean, Motor Guide with the new uh, Tour Pro uh, you know, we have anchor mode and then all the things that you need to be able to compete the the way we compete today. I mean, there's so much more to it than there was, you know, eight, 10 years ago. And uh, Garmin Electronics, I mean, with the, uh, you know, not only there's proprietary mapping, but the, the live scope technology and the side view and the clear view. It's everything an angler needs to really make it happen out there. I mean, I know... Uh, you know, there's a lot of great uh, companies out there that build a lot of great products, but I think Garmin has just absolutely just kind of taken over the the freshwater market right now. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot, like you said, a lot of products that come out, but uh, and and they're they're all helpful, and uh, you know, it definitely uh, uh, gives people an opportunity to see these products in use. So, uh, what a great marketing tool for those companies that these events are filmed and people do have cameras on them because it does. Uh, allow pros like yourself to demonstrate how to use these products and people can make their own decisions as to which ones they they absolutely have to have or which ones they want or you know which ones they want to explore a little closer yeah and you know one of the biggest things you mentioned uh you know just how the sponsor network works and everything that the thing that i guess i'm most excited about working with big bite and and spro and gamakatsu is is the desire they have to let the their pros really contribute and when you look at the the big bike pro staff i mean dean rojas and and russ lane and michael neal and, and jeff creed and the guys that have helped develop the line of products that we have at big bike now big bike wants us you know constantly giving them feedback you know what we need as anglers and when then when you look at a company like spro having the opportunity to be, to develop the rock crawler and the mcstick line of baits um, we, we're continuously working to hit new baits that anglers need. And, uh, you know, you think everything's there that you could possibly need, but, uh, you know, we're working on, I think, four new projects right now with Spro. We've got uh, a deeper diving uh, XD or a DD50 rock crawler coming out. We're working on a couple of new stick baits that are going to be deeper diving stick baits. So uh, the opportunity to work with, with those companies and, and actually develop these products and, and getting them tuned to do the things that we need them to do is really a huge aspect of what we do as anglers. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure this won't be the last time we have you on the program. We'll be following you uh, for the 2022 season while you're doing that grueling schedule. And uh, we'll pay attention. And uh, I definitely appreciate having you on the podcast. Thank you. 
It's been a pleasure, Dave, and I look forward to the next time we get together. Excellent. That was Mike McClellan. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment of the We Fish ASA podcast was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. We will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta. We're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Sarley. My partner Dave Kranz is remote. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericafishing.org. And you know, if you are an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting asafishing.org. I am truly excited. Uh, guest for today is somebody I admire, look up to, enjoy, uh, have idolized for a long, long time. He is America's favorite fisherman. I don't think you could dispute that uh, at all. Definitely America's favorite fisherman. He's been on television for over 45 years catching big fish. Doesn't matter what kind, as long as they... Uh, as long as they give him a fight, he's there. He is so much fun. Please, let me get him on right away. Welcome, the one, the only, Jimmy Houston. Hey, Jimmy Houston, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, Steve. How you doing, buddy? I'm, it's a I'm, great time of the year. Great I'm doing, time of the year. I'm doing better since you started out by laughing, because I'll tell you what, that has got to be your signature, is that Jimmy Houston laugh. Well, we have a lot of fun. That, that's what we, you know, fishing is one of those sports. It's a fun sport. And, you know, we're, we're fortunate to have got to do that uh, for a living for all these years. And so we've got, we've got a lot to be happy about. I, I am, I am not kidding you. Uh, you are on everywhere. You know, we can't even mention all, all the places you're on. Jimmy Houston, the, uh, the Jimmy Houston show is, is on all over the dial. And I watch you here in uh, Chicago where I am from on uh, Comcast sports net on their, uh, Monday outdoors block and uh, 
I watch it at 10 o'clock at night, 10 to 10.30. You know, I, I'm getting up there. 10.30 is my bedtime, and I always make sure I watch it, and I go home. I, I go and lay in bed. I'll be laying in there, and I know I have a smile on my face because you made me smile watching you fish. And, and, and sometimes I'll be giggling a little, and my wife has already been in bed. What's the matter? Nothing. Well, what are you laughing at? Oh, ah, Jimmy Houston made me laugh. What do you want me to say? Uh, it, 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 it's, so, it's so much fun to watch that. And, and I love watching fishing, uh, and, I, and I love all the tournament stuff and the, the big money in it and the pressure in that. But you know what? The guys that I want to watch the most are the guys that are enjoying what they're doing, and you are at the top of the list. Well, you know, that's really what fishing's all about. And the tournament competition is a lot of fun. And, you know, obviously I did that for 50, 54 years. We uh, uh, quit tournament fishing last year in 2020, which was kind of, a, as it turned out, a, a good year not to, not to fish the tournaments. But uh, And I don't really miss them, although they were a major part of my life for so long, and I, I love the competition. But, uh, but, you know, I had fun during the competition. I made those fun days also, even though you're – you know, you're really trying hard to catch a good limit of fish every day. And sometimes just to catch a, a limit or two or three or four fish is difficult in tournaments. But, uh, but, yeah, they, they, but the fun aspect of it has always been the primary thing that we've done. And, and uh, that's a great station up there in Chicago that you watch on. And we, we just finalized a deal actually this morning that we can make an announcement on. We will be back on ESPN uh, beginning in January, you know, we aired 21 years on ESPN. We have not been on ESPN since 2012. They got totally out of the uh, fishing back then. We were the last show that they, I guess you say, terminated or fired or let go or stopped, however way you want to say it. But I, I called it getting fired. But uh, but uh, but we'll be back on uh, Saturday mornings at 7:30 on ESPN two, beginning in January for 26 weeks. So we're we're excited about that. We will still be on the Discovery Channel. We will still be on your station there in Chicago. Also, uh, hey. we'll be there, but uh, but we will uh, uh, we'll be on a lot of other networks: uh, Pursuit Network, WFN World Fishing Network, Heartland, quite a few others. But but it's exciting to be back on ESPN. Excellent. Yeah, I think so. You you were an anchor on there, and and I don't want to call it terminate. Let's say you just went on a temporary hiatus. How's that? <laughs> that's good. Temporary <laughs> hiatus. Yeah, that's uh, we're we're tickled to get back on, and you know it's uh, they've got a, a limited amount of outdoor programming on for next year. They're to, but uh, exciting that that they're getting back into some fishing. But uh, they'll actually uh, have an hour on Saturday morning, seven to eight, and we'll be the anchor spot of that on seven thirty. And I think that Scott Martin will be on for the first thirteen weeks, which Scott does an excellent job and. And I think he'll be uh, leading my show in on the first 13 weeks. And uh, they've got another show that'll be on the second 13. I don't know what that is, but, but ours will be the first 26 weeks. So we're excited about that. Hey, did uh, I think I think that is absolutely fantastic. Fishing, fishing is going uh, just absolutely crazy. Uh, license sales are up. Equipment sales are incredible. Uh, the, the, the sport is definitely booming. And I don't think that, the, you know, for, for the naysayers, people say, well, it was because of the COVID. People were looking for something to do and they'll stop. Now that they can get back into doing the other things. And that, I think once you pick up a rod and reel, you go out there and see what it's all about. You're not stopping. You're a fisherman for life. Don't you think? Oh, I, I agree, Steve. And, and I, I tell you what, I, the COVID thing had, did have a lot to do with where people were, uh, were not able to go to work. They were working from home. A lot of people lost their jobs. Didn't have anything to do. <clears throat> you know, a lot of people, as as you stop and think about it, 
went out and caught fish to eat for dinner. <laughs> right. And so they were probably, uh, you know, we to, to most of us that uh, that fish, we released most of our bass, uh, and we released most of all the fish we catch. Really, uh, if you fish a lot, you catch a lot of fish, way more than you can eat. And uh, but there was a lot of people that went fishing that uh, probably instead of going out and spending quite a bit of money at the grocery store for 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 food. They go out and catch a few crappie or a few walleye or a few small bass or catfish or whatever. And uh, there was probably a lot more fish eaten this last year than, than, than ever because of they just needed that to help help them get by during the, the tough times where a lot of people were laid off work or not able to work. And, of course, now we have a situation of uh, prices have got so high on food that, uh, oh my goodness. again, being, being able to catch a fish is a, is a pretty big deal. And. I love fish. I mean, we, we've eaten fish all of our life. And I remember back when we were in college that uh, we were in the situation of not having any money. And uh, I remember Chris and I went one time, and this is an amazing thing. We went back and figured it out because we couldn't hardly believe it. But we had gone 30-some-odd days where we ate nothing but <laughs> either wild game or fish. And I'm talking about, you know, crappie, bass, catfish. I'm talking about squirrels, quail, duck, deer. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, if by hunting and fishing, we were actually feeding ourselves. I mean, because we, we, we were working hard when we were in college, but we had very little money. And so uh, it was an important part of it. And, and it's probably become an important part for a lot of people during during all of this pandemic and, and people being on, laid off work and stuff like that. So, uh, but, but it's fantastic. The fishing, uh, I think the license, fishing license sales around the nation are up about 20%. For, a, for the last year and boat ramps are crowded the lakes have more boats on them and i think it's just fantastic it's just been it's been great we uh we thought it was really going to hurt the fishing industry and as it turned out it's been just the opposite of that and, and and you're right once those people went once or twice and a lot of them took their friends with them because they said you know hey you know you're you're, you're laid off from your job we're going to go out and catch some fish we'll clean them and eat them for dinner and they said well i'll, I'll go try that and they tried it and it's fun it's just such a such a great sport. And I'll tell you something else. Toby Keith told me this last week. I was over fishing with him on Grand Lake. And, and he said, you can't catch the COVID out here fishing in a bass boat. I, That's a pretty good statement right there. And I, I we were crappie fishing is what we were doing. In a bass boat, but we were crappie fishing. I figured that right away because uh, our, our governor in Illinois uh, put fishing on the restricted list. You know, can't go fishing. Well, wait a minute. We're, we're at a 21-foot boat. We're, you know, 10 feet away from each other. I'm not understanding what the what the problem is here. You know, everybody got so caught up in that uh, distancing and stuff. They were walking away from things that were good, whether whether it's fishing or just going out and walking in the forest preserves. You know, uh, uh, they they, yeah, they tried yeah. they tried taking that away from us, and that was wrong. Yeah, you're right, Steve. They, you know, one of the things that the politicians have done, they've used this as the power control, and there's no doubt about it. And uh, yeah, you're safer out on the lake. You're safer walking in the woods. And, you go out there and crawl up in the tree stand and sit there with a with a, a bow and arrow all day trying to trying to you know see a deer. And those are the safe things you can do. Those are the things that and, and and there is there is something to be said about just being in the outdoors as far as a healthy situation. Not not even talking about COVID. Just talking about health. You know my my two great buddies both turned eight, 81 this year. Bill Dance a couple two or three days ago turned 81. Uh, Rolling back in March turned 81, and those guys are, you know, I mean, they're going hard, they're going strong, they're fishing and uh, a lot. Rolling fishes and hunts both, just like I do. But uh, there's something to be said about spending a great amount of time outdoors. And you, 
you think about just look at something totally away from fishing, farming. Uh, farming's a big deal here in Oklahoma. It's a big deal there in Illinois. And uh, uh, farmers live a long time. And one of the reasons is uh, they're they're outside a lot. They're just they're just a lot to be said about getting outdoors. Oh, healthy, you know? yeah, healthy lifestyle. Uh, laying down the smartphones, getting out from looking at a computer, and going out there and fishing and hunting, walking in the woods. You know, just whatever you can do outside is a I, I'm outside talking to you right now. I mean, I you know when when I I I, I don't I don't like being indoors. <laughs> you, you said you, you said we got farming in, in Illinois, but you know what? I will tell you, uh, there's one thing we don't farm in Illinois, and that's uh, pecans. And that's right. I I heard you. I heard you grow pecans in, in Oklahoma. We've got about a thousand trees here on the ranch, and uh, we sell pecans through JimmyHouston.com and. Uh, we sell them on the internet. We sell them on. We have a pecan phone number. That we start taking orders. We actually usually start taking orders October one, but we're going to start next Monday, which is October eighteen. We'll be shipping fresh pecans uh, probably around the first of November. Uh, these pecans are are not ever frozen. They're fresh off the tree, and and that they're absolutely the best pecans you will ever get. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. But, and the reason is because they're fresh. It's kind of like in fishermen. Will understand this. You go out and catch you. Let's say you go out and catch thirty crappie, and you clean, you play those crappie, and you you freeze about half of them, and you eat half of them for dinner tonight. Those that you have to dinner tonight are way better than those that you froze. Are going to eat a couple of weeks from now or whatever. And that's the same way with pecans. The pecans you buy in stores have been frozen. You know, you can only get them this time of the year, November and December. Right. And yet you can buy the pecans at the store, obviously all year long. Well, you're buying pecans that have been frozen, and, and there's just a, a monumental difference in the taste. Your candies are better. Your pies are better. You know, we crunch them up and put them on oatmeal and on cereal, and just they're good. I, I, we do this. We do the same thing. I thought we were the only ones. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but we'll start taking orders next Monday. Hey, yeah. uh, our, pecan, our pecan phone number is uh, area code, area code uh, 580-618. 7260, or you can just go to the Jimmy Houston website, jimmyhouston.com, and that will, they will start showing up. That, that will start showing up on there pretty quickly. We've got it ready to go. We're just trying to peg down the price. We're hoping to be able to keep the price the same all the way to the end of the year. And uh, but this is the only time you can buy them is uh, October, November, December. We'll ship a few in January, but usually only the first five or 10 or 12 days of January, and then. Yeah, and, and, then and if you're gone, you, they're gone. If That's you, the only time you can get fresh pecans. If you go to JimmyHouston.com today, don't get upset if you don't see the pecans because uh, they are. No, it's not there yet. It'll be there soon. It'll be it'll be there very shortly because that threw me off. I called Jimmy. I said, hey, "What happened to the pecans?" Uh, and, and, and and you are you are you are a hundred percent right. People people don't realize this between fresh and stored, and and you think that uh, uh, you freeze meat. Uh, you freeze fish. You don't freeze produce, but but you do, and they do. You know, it's like uh, they can store apples for up to a year, uh, and you think you're eating a fresh apple, and it doesn't taste exactly right. It's because it's been in a silo with the oxygen sucked out of it, and they store them. potatoes the same way. Uh, same, right. thing, same, right. same, right. same thing with nuts. There's such a big difference with fresh, and, and the pecan is like the the the, the ribeye of the nut world. You know that's a, well, that, it, we, and so if you're gonna spend if you're gonna go out there and you want to ribeye at a nut world get the best one and get a fresh one so check that out at jimmyhouston.com phone number five eight zero six one eight 
888-627-7260. Let me take a real quick break. Uh, we'll talk about bass fishing. We'll talk about some other things with the one, the only, Jimmy Houston, America's favorite fisherman, <laughs> when we come back with more We Fish ASA. For most anglers, the unexpected is expected. But what you can do is take matters into the seat of your, well, shorts. Meet Aftco's Overboard Shorts, winner of the iCast Best in Category for Technical Clothing. Built with a 100% submersible pocket that keeps the unexpected dry dock for the other guy. Overboard keeps the good times rolling and your valuables safe for the next adventure. Overboard Shorts from Aftco. Learn more at aftco.com overboard. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth, St. Croix. We Fish ASA is back. I'm Steve Sarley. Dave Kranz is my partner, but you know, he's not here. He is remote. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Don't forget to check us out on social media. When you find us on Facebook, like us, follow us, share us. And you can also find Jimmy Houston all over social media. He's got a great YouTube channel. He's on Facebook. He, he is everywhere. Jim, Jimmy Houston, a, a fishing institution, American institution. We are so happy to have Mr. Jimmy Houston with us today. We talked about uh, the COVID before in health, and uh, uh, you had some serious health issues in your family uh, th this year, uh, your wife, Chris Houston, first woman to be uh, put in the uh, Bass Fishing Hall of Fame, one of the best bass fishermen ever. Uh, I don't care you're talking male or female. Chris Houston's good. She had a, a rough She had a rough year. Yeah, it's been a tough year uh, from a health standpoint. Uh, Chris had a, a brain aneurysm and a really bad stroke, destroyed about 70% of the left side of her brain. Back to the day after Easter, April April 5, has actually been 27 weeks ago uh, today, so just a little bit over six months. And uh, the doctor uh, told us that the next day and when she had that stroke, uh, my son and, and his wife and my granddaughter were here fishing at the ranch when that happened. I'd left that day and gone to Alabama uh, to do some video work down there, and, and, uh, and so I was 650 miles away when she had the stroke, but the Doctor said she would probably never leave that hospital, which means that she would die in the hospital. And and if she did leave, she would be uh, you have to be in a nursing home and never walk, would never talk, and and all of this. Her brain was damaged so badly. But uh, but in the six months, God's done some miraculous things in in her life. And 
She still can't walk very well. Uh, she can uh, walk only with assistance. She's basically in a wheelchair. And her right arm hasn't uh, hasn't shown any improvement, but uh, but she's talking pretty pretty dang well. She's talking pretty well right now. She doesn't make sense all the time, but. <laughs> But I don't make sense all the time. I just, I'm just gonna say <laughs> that's, that's, okay. a, that's a that's a match made in heaven right there. Oh my god! Yeah, goodness. yeah. But she's made a remarkable recovery, and uh, there uh, through thousands and thousands of prayers. You know, uh, we mentioned that YouTube channel, Jimmy Houston Outdoors. We've got about one hundred ten thousand people on there, over six hundred thousand people on Facebook, and we have another YouTube channel. It's called Catch of the Day, which is a daily devotional channel where we give a uh, read a scripture every day a devotion for every day and a fishing tip for every day and i think even though it's only got about eighteen thousand people on it uh, i think it's the most important channel on on youtube i i'd like to uh, invite all of your listeners to go over there and subscribe to that catch of the day channel and and just look at those daily devotionals and fishing tips and scriptures for a couple two or three weeks just just give it two or three weeks and see what happens in your life I promise you it will change your life. When you start a, a, a day and you don't have to be there, we post them at five o'clock in the morning central time, but you don't have to be there at five o'clock. You can look at it any time during the day. But if you'll just look at that and, and let that, that that scripture and that, that fishing tip, that devotional work in your life, God will do amazing things. It doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not, your life will be affected by God. And, and, and it's just a uh, an amazing deal. I, I invite everybody to go over there and get on that that Catch of the Day channel, and uh, it's free to subscribe to YouTube. Um, when I think of subscriptions, I think of having to pay a fee, but sure. you don't have to pay anything to be on YouTube, completely free. And uh, and and just check that thing out and give it two or three weeks and see if it doesn't have a major effect on your life because it will. I mean, I hear that all the time, but from that vast social media and, uh, and all the people in the fishing industry, we've had literally hundreds of thousands of prayers. For Chris, and, and they've made a difference. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we are uh, getting ready to go to Mexico and do a stem cell transplant of a couple, couple hundred million cells, and we're uh, thinking that can make a real difference in our life. And she'll be back out here fishing. She was, uh, like I said, she walks a little bit right now. She's talking, and uh, she's got a long way to go still. Well, God, God's done an awful lot in six months. In six months. God bless her. I think that is absolutely amazing. And you know, it's it's really interesting. Uh, it, you know, we can talk about why we like fishing. I can tell you why I like fishing all that. But one thing that I really enjoy the fact is that fishermen, uh, and I'm talking about the people I interview, you know, uh, uh, first, uh, you know, the the tournament people, the famous people. But it really goes all the way down to the average people that fish on the weekends or, you know, take the kids out fishing. And it's, uh, you know, it seems like God is important. And, uh well, not, not it seems like God is important. And talking to professionals, they're not afraid to say that they are people of faith and and, and thank Jesus Christ for their success and their health and things like that. And, and that's one of the things I enjoy because uh, I can get so I get I didn't ask you to, to talk about God, you know, and, and you brought it right up. Uh, baseball players might be very religious, but they don't seem to want to talk about that first of all. But fishing guys. Put that at the front of the list. I got to thank my Lord for what he has given me, and I'm not afraid to do that. Am, am I saying that right? Well, I, I think so, and I, I think part of it is, you know, we are enjoying God's creation, you know, and uh, there's a 
a lot of people that believe that a couple rocks run, run, uh, smashed together in space, uh, you know, a couple million years ago or whatever, and two monkeys popped out and, <laughs> and evolved into you and me here sometimes later. And, you know, maybe that, maybe that helps them believe that, but you, you got to have a lot of faith to believe that that's how man was created. But when you're out in the woods and when you're out in the water fishing and you see what God created and you, you, you're, you're living it every single day, uh, it's hard not to believe it. It's, 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 uh, it's easier to get to God out there on the water. And, and, uh, and I think, yeah, fishermen share their faith a lot. And I think that, I think that one of the reasons is because we are, we, we are, we are just enjoying God's creation all the time. And, and I think when you, the other thing that you look at with, uh, with outdoorsmen is that we are probably the number one conservationist in the world. Oh, for sure. There are anti-hunters out there that think they're trying to save animals and birds, and I guess they are, but uh, but they don't spend near the time, effort, or money saving the woods and the waters and all the animals and birds and fishes and trying to make them better anywhere near like the guys that actually hunt and fish. I mean, we are the the true conservationists. We we put our money where our mouth is. We don't, you know, we're not just out there. We, we're we're trying to make it better all the time, and and. Uh, uh, and, and, and I think it's probably been that way forever. And I think it'll always be, it's, and, and fishing and hunting is better right now in the United States than it's ever been. We've got more and better fisheries. We've got cleaner water. We've got more animals in the woods, more birds in the sky, more fish in the water than we've ever, we ever have. And it's been because of the guys that hunt and fish and the girls that hunt and fish. Uh, you're a hundred percent right. I've uh, been enjoying you for many, many years. I see you've been on for over 45 years on television. Excited to hear you're coming back to ESPN. That's a, another big step. Uh, Jimmy Houston is not slowing down. You're speeding up. You always got your uh, foot on the accelerator, and, and you're you're moving ahead forward. When I watch it, 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 it never seems uh, tiresome to me. I, I always love watch what you do. How do you come up with new ideas and new places um, are, there, are there any places that you would like to fish that you have not fished yet? Well, there, you know, yeah, any place there's water that I haven't been to, I would like to be to. That's exactly right. You know, we, but we are fortunate. We've got to fish all over the world. We're going to go back to Columbia and fish in some rivers this uh, year. And I think we go January 10th to Columbia and uh, fish in some places where supposedly there's 25 and maybe even 30 pound peacock bass and, that's exciting. You know, I'd love to go to Australia and, and catch bear Monday. Uh, we have been to Africa and caught tiger fish. Uh, we've been, to, uh, we fished the sea of Galilee, actually where Jesus walked on the water. We fished there huh. and uh, we didn't, we didn't catch any fish. So we didn't have a good enough guide, I guess. I don't know, but, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, but, but I enjoy, you know, I probably enjoy fishing right here in Oklahoma, at my home lake and fishing here in front of the house. Uh, more than any place in the world, but we just love it everywhere. And that's the great thing about fishing is you find water and you're going to be able to fish and have fun. And I, I drove by yesterday afternoon, I drove by a little pond and I looked out there and I saw a pickup out there and I looked and there were probably six or eight people scattered up and down the bank there fishing. And it was just a little small pond. And, and I thought, man, that's great. That's just fantastic because they're out there on a Sunday evening, having fun, uh, fishing in a little small pond and, I don't know if they're catching anything or not. They probably were, but they were having a good time. And it was a whole family. Uh, it looked like mom and dad and some kids and maybe some neighbor kids. And so that's the good thing about fishing. You can go do it in a multi-million dollar yacht, or you can do it off the bank, standing on a creek bank with a cane pole. And I, I, I started fishing for, 
crawfish when I was a little kid, you know, with a piece of bacon, dropping it down on the string and lifting it up with four or five or six crawfish on it and took those crawfish home and ate them. Didn't know what a delicacy I had. Yeah, know? right, and, right. And now one of the biggest things in the world is to have a crawfish boil. And uh, so, yeah, it's just a great, great sport. It's a family sport. And, and, and it's one that, uh, honestly, too many kids are, are not getting involved in when they're at a younger age. And, uh, you know, we need, we need, we need those. And, and the, the high school and the junior high fishing clubs that we have around the country. And, and you know, that actually started in Illinois. Mm-hmm. I, I helped some people up there get high school fishing started in Illinois. I think Illinois had the very first high school bass fishing, uh, in the nation. And, uh, and, and that didn't start in the South like a lot of people might think. The high school fishing started in the state of Illinois. And now every high school just about has got – that's the, the biggest club going in most high schools all over the country is the fishing club. Bigger that, than the football that, team, bigger than the band. That is a, that uh, is a, these, that is a beautiful some thing. Some of these schools in Texas have 180 kids in the bass fishing team. 180 kids. It's amazing. That it's is remarkable. A, that's a beautiful that's, thing, that, and it's uh, it's a testament to people like Jimmy Houston who have done so much for the sport to, to further it and get this going. Man, I am so sorry we are out of time. I need to say goodbye. I want you to say hello to, to, to Chris Houston and wish her the best and hope she uh, keeps progressing well. Let me know after that stem cell treatment. I'd be interested in hearing what that's all about. And, of course, it is getting to be Christmas time. Everybody's baking. Everybody's eating. Nothing goes better on your table than pecans from Jimmy Houston's own orchards. The number's 580-618-7260. Or check it out on jimmyhouston.com. And we'll be waiting to see you back on ESPN coming up in just a couple of months. Jimmy Houston, thank you very much for being with us. I appreciate it. You so much. God bless you, and you take care, my friend. Thank you, Steve. Whack a, whack a big fish and give her a kiss for me. Sounds good. Take Jimmy Houston. Jimmy Houston. Doesn't get much better than that. How exciting. I'm always thrilled to have Jimmy Houston on the show, on an interview with us. He is just a true national treasure, treasure for fishing. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, which is the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guest, Dan Johnston from St. Croix, one of our favorites, always around, Mr. Reliable. There we go. Let's get a we'll work on a nickname for Dan Johnston. Mike McClellan, excellent bass fisherman, major league fisherman, bass masters, won an awful lot of money. Talking about Big Bite Baits, one of our sponsors that we enjoy. They are really uh, making a big name for themselves. Big Bite Baits, fine plastics. And then, what else do I have to say? I could just say Jimmy Houston and be done. America's favorite fisherman. Isn't that guy a trip? Absolutely love Jimmy Houston. Thank him for being on with us every time we have had him on. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion. Daiwa, they have what you need for every application at every price point. There's no reason not to be using Daiwa reels. You know what they say, we've got your bass covered, Daiwa. Remember that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available everywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to check it out at our website, wefishasa.com. You can contact us there. If you like what you hear, please let us know. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about or somebody you think we should have on the show, 
Let us know that too. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week. Now, let's go fishing. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.